This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey everyone, what's up? It's episode 144 of Small Talk. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here with you. And again, we said this last week, but Small Talk in the summer is going to be like an Italian restaurant in Europe. You're going to get it when you get it. So we may get it on a Friday this week. You may get it on a Saturday over the weekend, or it may be uploaded Monday. Who knows? But we're taping it on a Thursday. So Steve, I haven't talked to you in over a week. What's good, my man? Chilling. We got the Euro going on and I got some other soccer content. We've done a lot of soccer content on the pod recently. Uh, so I apologize, but there's like a very different one that I want to talk about that was kind of serious and wild at the end of the pod. So we'll get to that in just a second, but the game's been great. It's awesome to have like a cool world sporting event on during the middle of the day while you're working and hanging out. So yeah. I'm fired up about the Euro. Okay. I have not been locked into the Euro. How's Italy doing? They're actually killing it. They're killing it. Some people, some people are saying Italy's back. Some people are saying that they might be the favorite to win the whole thing. I'm not one of those people. People are saying it. That's why I'm just throwing it out there. It's kind of an under-the-radar team. They don't have many big stars, but they're a really likable, kind of young-ish team, although the back line is still really old. Same guys. But uh, but Italy is kind of like the hot, cool team that everyone's like, hey, can Italy win this tournament now? So uh, you should probably start watching. It's, it's They've won both their first two games 3-0. Uh, Forza Italia, let's go. Let's go. Forza, that's right. Forza Italia. There we go. Look go. at you. Wait, people studied are, abroad once. <laughs> uh, excuse me, family's from the boat. Hello. That's true. That's true. Where, where are you from in the boot, hon? That's one of my favorite lines. Yep. Where are you from in the boot, hon? Steve, if people are saying Italy is back as an Italian, as a paisan, why are you not saying Italy is back? Because I'm skeptical. I think France is better. They just are talent wise. I mean, France is the dream team with the roster that they put out there. I think Belgium is still more talented. Uh, Beyond those two teams, I mean, Portugal is probably still more talented too. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo is still balling out and scoring goals at what, 35, 36. Soda, Plus, I think they have the best jerseys in the world too, uh, which is, which is you know, you feel good. Or you look good, you play good, you play good, you get paid good. But I would say Italy is in that second tier. of If things fall the right way, they, they could win the tournament, but I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm, I'm one of those guys that always negatively looks at my teams and goes, nope, they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game because I like to be pleasantly surprised. I am a very much a expectations keep them low because i yeah. want to be surprised i don't want to be disappointed in life that's like a life surrounding thing i totally agree and i think we can take a lesson that we learned here on small talk when i got us all super hyped about illinois and yes. then they ended up getting bounced in the second round that we're never going all in again we're never going to go all in on our teams yeah okay? you've, you've been hurt you've been hurt you've learned your lesson and you know Sorry right here okay this is this is scar tissue on my heart so the cardinals could be the best team in baseball i'm never going to predict that they win the blues could be favored to win the stanley cup i'm never going to predict that never ever again so i feel you on this Steve. yeah you always have to assume the worst because then you're never disappointed you're never let down in life it's honestly a great way to live your life because i should say you've had success though the cardinals have been good in your life the blues yeah. just won a stanley cup um, you obviously not to bring up, you know, old wounds, but the Rams have had really good years when they were in St. Louis. Right. So well, you I'm have Super Bowl, the greatest show on turf for sure. Right. Wow, so, so you've had expectations where your teams have lived up to hype or been good. Most of the teams that I root for are bad. You know, the magic, like the greatest accomplishment is like making the finals. Everton and Roma are constantly getting in their own way. And I, and I never expect anything from them. And whenever I do, I immediately regret it because it's, I knew I was probably wrong. Uh, the 49ers, I mean, they've lost multiple Super Bowls in my lifetime. I wasn't really alive for most of the good years of the 49ers. So all of my teams are Debbie Downers, whereas your teams are, are super successful and, and win shit. So yeah, I understand why you think that way. Yeah, the Cardinals are always in the mix, but Steve, they haven't won a World Series in 10 years. The last one was 2011. <laughs> boo, boo hoo. You haven't won one in 10 years. There's some franchises that haven't even sniffed anything, any kind of success. By the way, did the Cardinals suck? I thought they were supposed to be good. Yeah, so they're dealing with a lot right now. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. They just went on a pretty brutal stretch of losing, but they just swept the Marlins, Steve. So things are trending up. They okay. got one of the back in KK. They're going to start getting some of their injured players back, and they have a very favorable stretch of schedule okay. here before six tough games to close out the first half of the season, and we'll see what their front office does. But they're not as bad as they played last week and the week prior and they're probably not as good as they were earlier in the season they're somewhere in the middle and they're playing in a division that they can win All i don't right. think the cubs are going to be able to sustain the success maybe they will um and i think that the brewers the cardinals if they get healthy can certainly win the division 
But yeah, it was pretty brutal there for about a two and a half week stretch. I'm not going to lie. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, do we, do I get a Colton Wong update? What's his deal? I mean, we can give you one. Killing it. Want, but see, <laughs> well, looking I, fresh. Do you really want to cheer for Colton Wong now that he's no longer on the Cardinals? I have been told by people, Steve, I've been getting a lot of tweets, a lot of Instagram DMs suggesting that you look like Nolan Arenado. I have. Yes. So maybe just maybe we should put Colton Wong on the, on the shelf. You'll still have love for him always, but I think maybe Nolan Arenado is your new guy. I still think I'm a Matt Holiday guy though, right? Well, Matt Holiday is retired, but maybe Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Matt sorry, Carpenter. sorry. <laughs> Even better, yes. For Matt Holiday, gem of a guy, obviously a great Cardinal. He's actually on our station once a week on the afternoon. Oh, nice. You can tune into that. Shout out to him. Olympics. There you go. <laughs> uh, yes, Matt Carpenter. That's right. Uh, love that guy. No batting gloves. So he he's still my favorite player, as you can tell, because I remember his name so well. Uh, but Nolan Arenado, definitely second. Def- definitely my second favorite Cardinal. Well, Matt, Hall- or Matt Holiday. Matt <laughs> Carpenter has been hot. He's been stepping up. Uh, some would say Matt Carpenter is always hot. I'm just saying. You know what? Nobody that cares. is your opinion, and I love it. You don't I, think he's – I mean, I guess I won't even ask you that question. He's, I think he's a good-looking dude. I think he's oh, kind yeah. of a badass dude. Yeah. Absolutely. He's got the dark features, no batting gloves. You know, I, I, I like that kind of yeah, guy. That's my I kind of guy. I not him at all. I'm just saying from a production standpoint, from yeah. a – I'm talking about from a life standpoint. Okay. You're talking about from an aesthetic standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to circle back to something that you said. You were talking about how it's one of your life mottos to come in kind of underwhelmed, just like assume that things are going to go wrong. And I wish you would have told me that a few weeks ago, because we've been talking about how you're going to get the pod when you get it, because we've both been super busy over the past few weeks. But what you don't know is that Steve and I both bought houses (laughs) and they both fell through. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. We're killing it. Times we are just thriving over here on small talk. So I wish you would have given me that mentality before I bought a house, told everyone I bought a house, went through all of these moves to then do things for the house and then have it fall through because that was quite the blow. Yeah. Um, and you too, obviously I know it is my, so, and Maddie, my wife is a realtor. So I kind of have more perspective on this than other people do. I understand how the inspections go, but yes, we both, we both did go in and our bids, I should, we should say our bids got accepted right yes. on houses oh, yeah, and, we'll go. and you know, if they fell through an inspections, like that happens from time to time, but it is a bummer no matter what, because you get excited. You're like, Oh, this is great. This is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we need a new AC system in this pitch. And it's like, well, I don't know if I want to pay 30 grand to do that. Uh, let's go back to them. And then it falls through. So it is what it is. But uh, it's disappointing, but it's good. It's good information to know. But no, nonetheless, I think, you know, for you, like it would be like a you know, first time homebuyer situation, which would, I understand why you'd be excited. Like you would be yeah. bumped about that. And it was a really, really cool house. It was very Michelle. It was very Michelle. Um, but like, again, you'll find something, you'll figure it out. Maddie's motto is always, this wasn't the house for you. That's how she kind of goes by. Like if it doesn't go through, this wasn't the situation for you. So I kind of live by that too. Well, that's a good motto to live by because I obviously saw your house and adored it. I, it had a sick backyard with a pool. I was like on my way coming to do a live small talk <laughs> yeah. at the pool. And so my house, which was definitely very me, yeah. it was old school with modern touches, mm-hmm. like very impractical, but fun. Uh, it was, anyway, it was all of these things. And both of us, we were so pumped, went through inspections. Both of us had parts of the house that failed. And both parties on the other side were like, you know what? we are not going to adjust the price. No amended price. We're good here because the market's crazy and we'll likely get somebody to pay full price without having to do any of these repairs. So it wasn't oh. meant to be for us, but definitely a bummer. If you're selling a house right now, like you, no one has have ever had more leverage than if someone's selling a house right now. Like totally. You can do whatever you want. You can be like, hey, there's literally shit on the floor, literal shit on the floor. And you're yeah. like, meh, whatever, half a million dollars. And that's it. It doesn't matter because someone else is going to come in all cash, like over asking no inspections. You just say, well, I don't, I'm going to buy this house because, because that's just what the market is right now. So uh, we're lucky enough to, you know, we, we live in a, in a house that we like that was, you know, we bought years ago and it's cool. We've been doing renovations to it and that's nice. And I don't think it's something we're going to live in forever, but I like it now. So like, we're not desperate enough, but there are so many desperate people that are just like, give me a house. I don't care. So I almost say to you, it's good that you're not in that situation because you can really get screwed out of that. Yeah, somebody's like, it's half a million. How about 550? Yeah. Please take 550. There could be like a weird gremlin living in the attic and they'd be like, well, it is what it is. I mean, you said, you know, you said no inspection. So the gremlin's there. I'm sorry. You got to do what you got to do. 
no, the home buyer would probably be like, the gremlin is charming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's literally um, like on a fault line and like earthquakes happen. It's like, eh, I don't know. No inspections. Sorry, dude. It is what it is. Right. But you know what I've learned throughout this process, Steve, is just how ill-equipped I am to be an adult. I'm kind of reminded yes. of this it's on absurd. a basis. And I want to write a change.org petition that there needs to be an overhaul in the American education system because you and I have gone through every step of learning. Okay. We are both college graduates. We have gone through the higher learning process. And now one step of the way, did we get prepared to be an adult? I'm going through this homeowner's process or this home buyer's process. I have no idea what's going on. Do you want the radon test? I guess. Is this something I need to know? escrow let me google that real quick yeah like, sure what's going on love escrow <laughs> sure let's escrow it up sounds like a cool band that i've never heard of <laughs> but it's just every step of adulthood i'm like thank god i have parents that are willing to explain all this stuff to me and they only knew this stuff through trial and error but insurance i don't know about insurance until i have to deal with insurance taxes i don't know about taxes till i have to deal with taxes home ownership stock markets and investment nothing 401ks have to learn all that on the fly. How about even basic things like how to cut the lawn or healthy eating or cooking? Thank goodness I grew up in a family that taught me that type of stuff. But what if you live in an urban environment and you don't know about the lawn and all of these things? Let's even take it a step further, Steve. I didn't know about getting pregnant and childbirth and physically what happens to a female until my friends had kids. And I went through sex ed and I went through higher education. I did not know about ovulation. And granted, I went to Catholic school and it was like family planning. And I was say, do you remember anything about sex ed? I, I don't. I don't even remember. Oh, I, did. I feel like sex ed was you can get pregnant by looking at a girl. And that's actually the exact opposite. There's like four days a month that a girl can get pregnant, right? It's insane. People should know this. I feel, yeah. If you have kids in the car, mute this for like 10, 15 seconds. Uh, it's like telling kids that they're Santa Claus. And so they act a certain way. So they behave, right? Maybe they yeah. tell kids, Hey, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. What's the, the mean girls line. If you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and die. Um, yeah, you'll get chlamydia. You'll get chlamydia. Yeah. And, and die. Exactly. You have to tell kids that because otherwise they would just be having sex all the time. Cause they're like, Oh, it's only four days a, a month. Who cares? It's probably not one of those four days. Uh, so maybe it's like a Santa Claus type situation, but that's really the only thing I remember about sex that I don't remember them teaching me any other useful skills. Yeah, but I promise if you showed these kids what happens to a woman's body after she has a baby and how she also leaves the hospital in a diaper and they should have to sit in a room through the night with an audio recording of a baby screaming. And then I bet you they would avoid those four days. <laughs> of having a baby at 16, you're like, you know what doesn't sound fun? Me getting stitches in my crotch and having a baby scream for the next three months. I'm gonna ask you a really stupid question. Um, do you know those days? Yes. So you, so you can plan around those days like yes. clockwork. There is an app that you track everything and it will literally say, these are the days you need to have sex. These are the days you can get pregnant. And so, that's why people who are trying to get pregnant, they track it so they're so dedicated to tracking it and they make sure to get busy on yeah. those days because those are the it's days. It's scheduled sex. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah. Now, is this a new thing? Did they not know about this when we were in high school, like 15 years ago or so? Or is this been around forever and we're just finally learning about it? I mean, I'm sure they knew about it, but here's my sex ed, Steve. It was abstinence because God says it. And then in high school, this is a true story. I don't even know if I've shared this on the pod before, but all my high school friends that will listen to this will be like, I cannot believe you're talking about this. We had to watch a video on abortion and it was like a music video. Yikes. Oh, that's... That's the most Catholic school thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Watch some music video about abortion. Um, Meatloaves. I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. And it was just like a slideshow of aborted babies and dumpsters, aborted baby parts. And it was set to the the, the tune of Meatloaves. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh man. I cannot I hear that song now without having like a visceral reaction. And listen, that certainly changed my opinion about abortion. And as a kid causes you to have conversations with your parents or with your peers about having safe sex and the decisions that you would have to make if you got pregnant when you were in high school. But I also think that there has to be more to the conversation than just scare tactics because 
guess what happens after you get out of high school? There's no like sex ed in college. It's not like, oh, hey, you're 20 now. So we're going to tell you about ovulation. There's no other class that's going to ever teach you about this unless you go into that field. Not only do they not teach you about it, but they provide you in college with this literal <laughs> campus of just sex having. Like it's, it's like the Garden of Eden of sex. It's like, here, we're going to not teach you really about sex or anything that goes into it. We're just going to tell you all these weirdly vague things that actually are kind of not true. And then here you can go to this new college where you meet all these young, hot people that are your age and you guys all mingle together and everyone's having sex. It's actually a terrible, terrible way to sort of enter your adult sex life. And there's no parental supervision. No, no. You're on your own for the first time. You're drinking probably a lot alone for the first time. And it's like, hey, everyone's drinking and having sex and having a great time. And no one's taught you anything about what this means. And now you could argue and I think there is some truth to this, that even if you did properly teach the, the kids, the vast majority of them are kids and they're just not going to care and they're not going to entertain you and they're not going to believe you because that's what kids do. They don't trust elders, right? Um, they just think, oh, I know more than you. And I'm certainly, I was certainly in that camp where it's like, ah, I'm, I know everything. I'm, I don't need your bullshit education. Like I'll, I'll figure it out myself. So there's definitely going to be an element of that, but at least try to, you know, help. There's going to be a, some percentage of the kids that you teach that'll actually take something away from that. But you know what I didn't need, Steve? I didn't need geometry. Acute angles, not using those in my daily life. You know what I didn't I disagree. Need? I disagree. You know what I didn't need, Steve? To learn the periodic table of elements. I think I would have benefited more mm. from learning about insurance. I don't need to know the periodic table, how to, how to identify carbon. That's not something that I'm going to use in my daily adult life. I'm going to hear good nope. on the periodic table. See, I disagree with you on those because I think those at least give kids a, an opening into a potential career path for them, right? If you never learn about math or you never learn about science, how are you going to know that you like math or science? You know, to some degree, you need to teach kids geometry, algebra. I don't know, maybe to the level that we were taught that, but you do need a basic course there. Um, The same way that you like, hey, I want to take Spanish, even though I don't speak Spanish ever, but like, yeah, okay, maybe I want to learn different languages, right? I think it kind of opens the door for people and what their career paths could be, because especially when you're so young, how are you supposed to know what the hell you want to do for the rest of your life? I think the, the more options you have, the better decision you're going to make for what you potentially want to do or what you want to major in. But I'll tell you the dumbest class that I took in high school, which I mean, this is actually stupid, is I took a shorthand writing class, literally a shorthand writing class. You're shortening words and phrases and you're, there's symbols for things because it was like, oh, when you get to college, you can do, you're going to be doing all this note taking, right? And for all your notes, you'll be able to do shorthand. So you're not going to be behind in the professor's, uh, professor's lecture. And guess what happened? Everybody had computers. Nobody's writing notes by hand anymore. And it was the dumbest class that I've ever taken in my life. And I took a boxing class in college, and that was even more informative than my stupid shorthand writing class. So classes like that should absolutely be outlawed because they're completely useless. And this wasn't even, again, we're not talking about like, you know, you and I are in our early to mid thirties. Like this wasn't like 40 years ago, shorthand. Like this is the age of computers. I took a shorthand class. Think about how dumb that is pretty dumb. What a waste of time. You know what you could have benefited from? Learning about the stock market. Yeah. Or how your student loan interests work, right? Because I've had plenty of friends who, you know, yeah, you go to school. It's like, oh yeah, just take out a loan. It's fine. Who cares? You don't know what that means when you're a kid. You know, I luckily, yeah, luckily I had parents who, who did understand and were like, Hey, you're not going to want to do this, but not everyone's parents are that way. And and, you know, it's just hard, right? It's hard to figure that stuff out as a, as a 17, 18 year old kid. So I've had plenty of friends who have gone into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt unknowingly because they just, they don't know what it means when you're like, yeah, all right, school's 40,000 a year tuition, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just throw it on this thing. I'll just pay it off later. Nobody knows what interest rates are or how that affects what they'd have to pay later in life or whether or not the career that they're even going to school for is going to pay off of their, pay off their student loans. So yeah, maybe instead of short writing, like we could take a class about that, which would be pretty useful or credit card interest or how credit cards work, right. Or credit in general. Um, it sounds stupid because, you know, we're adults now and we understand it, but at 17, 18, what? Oh, cool. It's free money. I don't know. Yeah. I want to go to hot topic and buy a cool t-shirt. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put it on my credit card. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? I didn't even have a credit card. You know what? I had like 40 bucks that I earned babysitting. Yeah. That, see that honestly, that's smart by your parents to be like, but, but again, I actually think maybe there's something to be said about learning credit earlier. So you understand how it works. You know, I don't know. I had, I had credit pretty early. I probably had it like 17 or something. 
and you know, my parents, I think were on the card with me or whatever. And cause I was, you know, my parents are like, Oh, let's build your credit. Like right? you build your credit score at a younger age. It's all smart shit and shouts out to my parents. What up Joe and Ange, but uh, <laughs> not everybody has that backing. And that's something, yeah, that I think the school system should teach, but you know, what else is interesting? You mentioned all those things, taxes, lawn care is something I know nothing. And maybe I shouldn't have to know about that, but I don't know. My entire lawn uh, is just weeds. I don't know how to take care of a lawn. How am I supposed to know that? Is someone supposed to teach me that? I don't know. Um, you know, grow. I wouldn't know. I, I don't know at all. You you mentioned like cooking. You're right. We both had Italian families, so I guess you kind of just pick up things as you go. I'm not a great cook, but if my family was the kind of people that were like buying out and getting takeout every night, how would you know how to pr- properly prepare yourself as an adult? And then that's another thing too, where it's obesity is on the rise because you're getting fast food or takeout food all the time, and a lot of that stuff's not healthy for you. All this stuff is so connected. And it's like, why didn't we learn any of this stuff? And it does feel overwhelming because there is so much information that I think they're, you know, to try to teach young kids. And a lot of it is just you kind of going through life and figuring it out and not figuring it out. But uh, I don't know. There's, it just feels like there's a massive gap between, yeah, you're right, what we learned in school and what we probably should, should learn to better our lives. You remember, Steve, a couple months ago, we talked about the small minister Rudy ticket during election. Yeah. I feel like- Education starting- reform. Starting the class of life that every kid has to take for four years in high school. It's a class of life each year. It's a semester, two semesters that you have to take, and it's going to be a revolving door of life skills. That's our platform. We are running on education reform, mm-hmm. and the kids today, they need to get off TikTok and they need to learn about life because I wish that I would have learned about life because okay. I, I tell you, there's a lot of mistakes that I've made as an adult, and that's even with the guidance of my parents that I just had to learn it's just troubleshooting and had i known about it i think i would have been in a better position i'm gonna push back on you on that though i've actually you're gonna laugh i've actually learned a lot from tiktok Tell a me lot of things um i'm trying to think of specific stuff but if you're following the right accounts or if your algorithm is the right way i'll get all these different home improvement things right of how to level a shelf or you know how to drill into a wall properly right there's all these really cool tiktok accounts that teach you like home improvement stuff or um speaking of childbirth i didn't know anything about this i thought this was funny like there's this one that goes around of a tiktok of a kid asking his mom why every time she she sneezes she has to cross her legs and she's like because of you i would have never known that without tiktok so it's not just those things. I mean, it, again, you can do lawn care. Like I talked about, there's people who are, I mean, again, maybe you shouldn't be learning from them because you have no idea who they are, but there are personal financial advisors on there that'll tell you, Hey, here's how you compound interest. Here's how you take, you know, your paycheck and how much you should put away every month. So you can retire at age 65. I don't know how true they are, but they seem kind of legit. So I think there's on TikTok, it's actually more helpful than I think it is stupid, but I would imagine most of the millennials, I'm sorry, most of the Gen Z people are not watching those videos. They're watching like hot chicks, just dance or stuff like that. Okay, idea here, we're troubleshooting. What if our education reform is the class of life, but it's taught to be used through TikTok videos? So we will have somebody who's in insurance do a series of TikTok videos breaking down insurance and what's important to have and and things that you should know about your provider or your plan. And there's a series of small TikTok videos and they'll one week, or maybe two weeks learn about insurance. And then two weeks after that, they're going to learn about healthcare, things that you need to know, like doctors. That you yeah, car maintenance. Car maintenance is a huge one. So this is it. This is our platform. Teaching the youth about life, about adulting through TikTok. I think it's a great idea. I'm pretty sure it already exists. It has to. In school though, in school. Maybe not in school. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get out the monitor? Like remember back in the day when they would wheel in the television and you'd be like, oh, this is sick. We're going to watch a movie today. We watched like Outbreak or something in biology class. Um, What do they do? They wheel in a projector and they just put someone's phone, connect someone's phone to it. And then they just watch TikTok videos for 45 minutes. Sounds sick. I don't know if kids have the attention span. Well, I guess maybe the, you know, they're they're only like what, 30 second videos. I guess it would work. But moving it forward. Their homework is to then do the task and make a TikTok about it. Okay. So like unclog the toilet. Here's how you do it, right? You're making sense. I just don't know. Are kids always going to be kids and just not care and not pay attention? Because that's just what kids do. Like sometimes, sometimes in life, you have to make mistakes to learn too, you know? So let me show you something. Yesterday I was at Bush Stadium. My dad nice. was Cardinal Hall of Fame afterwards, which is outstanding. If you live in St. Louis, go to the Cardinal Hall of Fame. So George Kissel, who was the founder of the Cardinal Way, very brilliant man. He says this, Steve, tell me and I'll forget. Show me and I'll remember. 
involve me and I'll understand. Uh, so involve the kids and they have to make the TikTok themselves. If you involve them in it, they're going to be better adults. I totally agree. But what's the famous line from the Bible? That's not to, to keep with your Catholic school theme here, but give a man a fish and you feed him for a day and teach a man how to fish and you feed him for life or something. Exactly. Isn't that the actual phrase? I truly believe that. I That's the kind of learner I am. And it's funny, like in my new job, I'm training new people, right? And I have some people that I, that I oversee as their manager, right? And I always think that I'm like, I want them to do the stuff that they have to do. Cause you're not going to fully learn something until you physically do it. You can right. tell me how to do something 100 times and it is not going to resonate in my brain. But if I do it once, once I will figure it out. See, we've solved it. Yeah. We've solved education. Uh, Bi Joe Biden hit us up. What's up? We are available for a small fee. We're here. Official We're here. podcast of the white house. No big deal. Sorry. If you get the podcast a few days late, we're at the white house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We figured it all out, Joe. Don't worry about it. You can go home now. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of being an adult, Steve, part of my favorite or one of my favorite things I should say about being an adult is traveling and your girls back out on the road. I am, home of course, I am home from a trip and I went to a new place over the weekend. I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Jackson Hole is one of those places where I've heard so much about it. I've had numerous people tell me how much I would love it, including you. I have absolutely no idea where it, like, I know the state that it's in, but I don't, I couldn't tell you anything about it other than like, oh, Wyoming, like Wyoming, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's next to Montana too, right? Isn't it like on the corner? Right by Idaho. Right by Idaho. Okay. Another place where it's like Idaho. Sure. Yeah. Potatoes. I love it. But I saw your pictures on Instagram and they very much reminded me in a very different way, but they very much reminded me of like happy Euro, Michelle, when you went to Europe that time. And I called you and I said, you were thotting out and everyone got mad at me. Now you weren't thotting out this time. I'm not saying you weren't, but they were very, very nice pictures. You looked like you were having time in your life. You were dressed to the nines. Yeah. The background was obviously like amazing. And that's the last time I saw Michelle like that. It was in Europe. I also think that I have been locked up for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Where I go, I'm going to be like, shock girl summer. Let's go right out. But after Italy, my favorite place I've ever been is Montana. I absolutely adored Montana. I loved that it was essentially in the middle of nowhere. I love that when you're there, you're very much present in being there. And there's not a ton to do. And by that, I mean, you don't feel like you have to go to museums or do this or do that, that it, you kind of leisurely go about your day. If you want to go horseback riding, great. If you want to go on a hike, great. It just is a different pace on a vacation, which I loved. And Jackson Hole is the same. And when I was there, I was like, gosh, Steve would love it here because you could do all of these cool things. I wrote some things down today that I want to share with you about Jackson Hole. So first of all, as I mentioned, it's very remote. It's very far away. They have this little cute town in Jackson Hole. But other than that, you're driving. It is a far drive to get places, but it's a- Where'd you fly into? To the Jackson Hole Airport, which is in the middle of the Tetons. It's in the National Park. Why do they call it Jackson Hole? Is there a reason? Is it just like in a big valley somewhere? I don't know. Is it, is it a literal hole? It's not like a crater or something, I would imagine. I don't know. I don't stupid, stupid questions that don't actually matter. I just didn't know if you knew. No, I do not know, but I can look that up for you. Now, if there's a small talk listener out there, if there's a Shelly out there, let me know. Don't worry. We won't waste our time. I'm sure that they, I should know that, but I did not know. When we were there, we went hiking in the, in the Tetons. There's this hike called Phelps Lake. It's got the Phelps Lake Trail. And it is so gorgeous. And by the way, the altitude's high. So even if it's an easy hike, your breathing is labored. Mm -hmm feel like you're doing something but you're hiking up through these mountains on a flat terrain basically but then it opens up to this beautiful beautiful lake that's surrounded by mountains and there's this big rock and people climb up it and they jump off the rock into the lake i did not do that of course because i'm a big baby but i took the videos for my friends that went but you're i not a cliff jump cliff jumping is one of the most fun things you can do like around water i love cliff jumping do i look like the type of girl that wants to go cliff jumping uh, I don't know. I mean, why not? It's fun. It doesn't have to be like a hundred feet in the air, but I don't love heights and I'm a girl that gets injured a lot. I would be the one that got you're injury prone. I don't think I knew that about you. Interesting. All my friends that are listening to this are going to be like, how has Saruti been friends with you the song and didn't know I am the girl that, okay. So for instance, I'm in New York a few weeks ago. I leave a rooftop party to go home early because I'm sober and I'm tired. Again, I am sober. I go back to my friend's apartment. I pack my bag because I have to fly out the next day, wash my face. I am sober. I drink a glass of water. I'm getting ready to get in the bed and I'm walking past his couch and I hit my pinky toe, like a pinky toe on the corner 
of his couch. It catches my toe. And this in-between piece between your pinky toe and your next toe completely cuts out the whole like web chunk. Blood everywhere. Wait, you sliced that thing open? Like the web part? Sliced it open and pulled the chunk out. I thought I was going to have to get stitches. And blood everywhere, bandaged it up, could not wear closed-toed shoes. This was a couple weeks ago. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. For like a week. And everybody was like, of you're always injured. I have scars all over my body. I am always hurt. Everyone has a friend like that who just, we, uh, my friend, Jeremy, love him to death. Uh, he's just, he broke his leg in high school playing pickup football. He constantly hurts his back. He's just, he's always, he broke his nose. Like we always joke, no matter what happens, Jeremy's going to find a way to get injured. You are the, my friend version of Jeremy. That's wild. I would not guess that about you. Yeah, that's me. I'm clumsy. So I just don't think jumping off the rock is good for me. It looks okay. like it was a class. Everybody That's fair. It. it was very high, but it looked really fun. But I just know myself and I know it's putting me in danger. Honestly, I respect that self-awareness. Again, I've always said that underrated quality. So, you know, it's not for you. So that's fair. I know. And then I'm going to get hurt and then it's going to ruin the trip, right? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to. Yeah, you want to get hurt on vacation. Like, come on, <laughs> what are we doing? And I had to run a half marathon <laughs> the next day, which I was like, let's just not injure myself before that. Yeah. Wait, um, you. Wow. I'll that's get- wild. I was running the half marathon and my calf started to seize up around like mile 11 and my friends are more potassium, right? Is that what that is? I don't even know. I could have made that up. So as I'm running, my friends finished before me. They're all three of them are waiting at the finish line for me, like maybe a hundred yards from the finish line. I'm turning the corner. They see me. They're like, Michelle. I was like, yay, I'm going to finish. I'm running. And it's like, my body saw them and they're like, we're done. My calf seized up so tight. It was like a ball that was coated in nails, Steve, and I could not run. I had to stop and stretch it out like 10 steps from the finish line. Oh, man. And my friend, Matt, God bless him, was like, I will carry you over the finish line. And I was like, it doesn't count if you carry me. No, it's close enough. I don't know. 10 feet. So have you ever seen Romy Michelle's high school reunion? No, but that's the one with what's her name? Lisa Kudrow, right? Yes, it's so good. Well, there's a scene where Romy is trying to get out of a situation in a club with a guy. And she's like, I'm sorry, my shoe filled with blood. And she drags her leg out of the club. That was me crossing the finish line. I was literally dragging my left leg across the finish line. Did I ever, <laughs> so embarrassing. Did I ever tell, that reminds me of injuries that people try to conceal, right? Because they're too embarrassed to have them. Did I ever tell you a story about my friend, my roommate freshman year, um, and the girl he was hooking up with that fell out of his bed? I don't think so. Okay. This is it. <laughs> Apologies if I have, because I know I repeat myself sometimes, but so freshman year of college, my good friend, shout out to Aaron. He's hooking up with this girl and our beds in college at Quinnipiac were raised because our desk was below them. So you'd climb up a ladder to get into them. Okay. And at some point in the middle of the night, she, I don't know if she was leaving or she had just fallen in her sleep, but she fell out of the bed, which is again, probably like six or seven feet off the ground, uh, hits her her leg on the corner of the desk and you know everyone's like oh my god we heard this big commotion like what's going on oh my god are you okay she's like yeah yeah no i'm fine i'm fine i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna leave we're like okay sure you don't want anyone to walk you home she's like no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine turns out she broke her ankle and walked all the way home to her dorm which was not that close she broke her ankle it was too embarrassed to tell anybody that she walked on a broken ankle across campus it was unbelievable. I've never respected anyone more in my life. I'm like, that is some tough ass shit to walk with a broken ankle after hooking up with somebody. So shout out to her. Shout out to her. I know. I know. Embarrassment's a hell of a drug. Yeah. Your embarrassment must've been adrenaline. Totally. I don't know how I would have been able to do that. It, it probably didn't hurt. Cause she was so hyped up on it. You're right on adrenaline. Just, I just got to get out of here. I don't want to talk to anyone that she was like, Holy shit. My ankle is broken. This is crazy. So yeah. We got in the room with her girlfriends and she is like, someone I'm- call an ambulance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kindly please. Yeah. Good times. Um, okay. So back to what, that's a great story. Back to Wyoming. They have this thing, Steve, at gas stations there called sloshies. And it's a slushy with alcohol. Oh, that's and amazing. you get them at the gas station and they are so good. It's like a fountain type deal. Yeah, like a 7-Eleven. Like at a 7-Eleven. Like, like a slushy or Slurpee or whatever they're called. Yeah. Like a Slurpee, but with booze. And they're at the just at the gas station. Wait, so it's like frozen frosé. Is it frosé? Yeah, but with vodka or tequila Ooh. or gin or whiskey. And they're fruity and so flavorful. They were awesome. What flavor did you get? The one that I got was berry. It was huh? like berry, raspberry a little bit of peach in there and, or I think it was peach and then it was vodka based and you couldn't even taste the booze. It was so good. Uh, I love me a good alcoholic dessert. Um, 
Although I will, I will say this, you know how they have the alcoholic milkshakes where it's, you know, it's like chocolate ice cream with, I would assume it's vodka. I don't like the milky ones, but if it's a fruity slushy type thing, like you remember when we were in Chicago, the, uh, the tequila popsicles that we had, those were dang. Yeah. I would say we were probably pretty hammered <laughs> at that point. So I don't blame you, but I remember because they were so good. But if you had, I mean, one of those in your drunk, there's that much alcohol in them. Oh, was that what we did at that place by the river? The out, it was like an outdoorsy kind of bar, but it had a roof to it. And there were tequila popsicles. And I don't remember the flavor necessarily, but I mean, that is dangerous. That is like, help, I'm in danger. Having one or two of them and you're done for the day. Yeah. And that, we had already been drinking mimosas and, and, and we had the frosé. It was a hot ass day that day. But yeah, so I'm very pro-alcoholic dessert. That was a rough day for us, Steve. That mm-hmm. was a rough day. Was yeah. Rough but I was like, why do gas stations all over the place? If you're selling booze at a gas station and when you left, they put a piece of tape over it that had a seal so that you couldn't drink it in the car. You had to wait till you got home. Cause if a cop pulled you over, they would know that that's what it was. That's probably, I'm like, yeah. Every gas station in America, if you're selling beer or if you're selling alcohol or wine or whatever, you should be selling sloshies. You should. I feel like that would be any major city or cool town like that. Ooh. Come on, you make a killing doing that. You know, it's funny in, in Connecticut, how I don't know what it's like in the Midwest. I imagine it's a little bit more lax, but all the liquor rules here are so strict and stupid. For the longest time, you know, all the liquor stores closed at, closed at nine. You couldn't buy liquor on Sundays. And they're all stupid Puritan pilgrim rules that for some reason existed in like the 21st century, which made absolutely no sense. And then you go to like Pennsylvania and they're selling alcohol to Wawa and, you're, and, and like CVS. And you're like, why the hell do I live in the Northeast where everyone's such a prude? This is lame. Steve, I come from St. Louis where you can get alcohol literally anywhere. You could go to the baby store to get diapers and it'll be like, want a mimosa? Or yeah, you, want, you want a solo beer? You want a six pack? You can get beer and basically bring alcohol anywhere in St. Louis. Things are different. I moved to Connecticut. I do not know one person. I move into my apartment and by move in, I mean... I fly there, my things are delayed for three plus weeks. I'm sleeping on an air mattress that I bought at Target and I have none of my stuff. I'm living out of a tiny suitcase with my iPad watching Entourage crying every night. And I'm like, you know what this situation could use? Some wine. So I go to the grocery store and I get my groceries, probably pizza rolls or something equally depressing for the situation. Hey, settle up. Pizza rolls are great. Come on. They are, but you know, I'm not trying to make a pasta salad or something great. I have very little will to live right now. Pizza rolls are all I can <laughs> Or maybe a lean cuisine. I need to pop it in and peel lean off. Lean cuisine. Wow. Okay. Desperate. So I'm looking and I'm looking, I'm like, where's the wine? And I say to the woman at the checkout, I'm like, hey, where's the booze? And she's like, at the package store. I'm like, what? She like, said it like no. that, like she was in Boston. <laughs> what? Whatever, some accent. And I was like, I'm sorry, What? And she's like, yeah, we don't sell liquor here. And I'm like, what? And so I had to go to this very suspect store called the Package Store. The Packy, yep, there you go. The Packy, which is just a liquor store, but it makes you feel kind of like an alcoholic. Disgusting, yeah. That you have to go to the liquor store. <laughs> I'm going to the store for alcohol. <laughs> I'm going to a specific menu to get alcohol instead of here in St. Louis where it's like, oh, I'm just going to get a beautiful bottle of wine with my cucumbers. <laughs> it just makes you feel so grimy. So I I remember buying a case of wine because I'm like, I never want to come back. Again. <laughs> <laughs> never having this experience again. Yeah. yeah no, it is. So it does I, suck. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know, I, I'm a Connecticut defender, Northeast defender. There's nothing to do to defend it here. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Although they've since some, somewhat changed those things, but you still can't you still can't buy booze at like a CVS or something or like a you know convenience store. You have to buy it at a uh, package store at the Packy. What's up? And they are usually depending on where you are, but if you were in Hartford, it was probably super sketchy. It was sketch. Trust me. And I yeah. walked in and it was like, we are not in Kansas anymore. Toto, <laughs> okay? We are not in the Midwest anymore. You like, walked in yeah. saying, I need a cup of alcohol. <laughs> I need every, every ounce of alcohol you have. Okay. So final thing on Wyoming for me on our last day there, our friend Dan has a friend who owns this great ranch in Wyoming. It's called Diamond Cross Ranch. And it is like 45 minutes from Jackson Hole. You have to drive through Yellowstone. I, I think it was Yellowstone that we drove through to get there. The scenery is stunning. And then you get to this ranch and it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And they have this beautiful barn and it's this incredible view of the mountains. 
and we drove through the property and we had to drive through this creek through water to get to this spot that was just an open field where we started a bonfire and we laid down some blankets and we cooked hamburgers over the fire and we just drank and ate chips and talked and hung out and it was so fun and in talking to the people that own the ranch I don't, do you remember how Kanye lived in Wyoming when yeah. he wrote his, his most recent album? Yeah. Well, he had this big album release party and it was at this ranch. It was at the Diamond Cross Ranch in Wyoming. So it was so cool to get to talk to them about what it was like to have this property in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming that is primarily used for weddings and all of a sudden to have Kanye and the Kardashians and all these, and um, I think Dave Chappelle was there or Chris Rock. They were telling us about all the people that were there. But just to kind of last minute have to put on this big production for an album release party. It was really cool. I wonder if a Kanye party like that would be fun or a chore, you know, cause he's weird. We know he's pretty particular. And like, listen, we're not judging cause you and I are very, I'm definitely very particular. Uh, and he's probably the most particular, but I wonder if that would be fun or you'd be walking on eggshells and there would be weird shit all around you constantly, you know? Yeah. So they said that he was great and that the Kardashians were great. I think at least just from having this conversation with them and, and they do this all the time with weddings there, but I think uh-huh. as a, to you and I, you have to deal with a lot of people. Kanye has a lot of different yeah. people that are coming that are trying to arrange travel and vendors. And I know that since it was an album release party, they had speakers and setup and all of these things. And I think in a normal event, you have all of that. But I think when you're dealing with someone like him and you're having even more logistics to pile on top of that, it's probably a lot. But they said that they executed it and that it was an awesome thing and a very cool experience. Did he record the album there too or no? Not at this ranch, but in Wyoming. He I was going to say, because some of those guys, that's like the bony bear thing. Doesn't he hold himself up in the middle of a snowy cabin in Wisconsin and just he makes banging music? It's amazing how the creative process works. And I imagine for Kanye, I remember uh, you turned me on to dissect the podcast. Yes. And uh, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, obviously, was the one that they did on that, which was great. And it kind of talked about, it was, it was interesting to see how he made that album. It was kind of, you know, him grinding away. And I don't think he was, he was in Hawaii, I think, right? Wasn't he in Hawaii, I believe? I can't remember, but you might. Be I right. think he was, and he was just whole himself, and he would. They would just make the album, and he would be like, "Hey, Rick Ross, give me a verse here," and then Rick Ross would the next day send him a, a verse. And it was just really cool how the album was made. But a lot of those guys, I guess, it's cool. They just kind of go off the grid. They make it up. John Mayer does this. My boy, he'll just go to. He, speaking of Montana, John Mayer, big Montana guy. Um, they just go in the middle of nowhere and they just make music and shit, and it's probably awesome. They probably get super high, make music, and drink a ton, and that's an awesome life. We should do that with the pod. We just go off the grid. We go somewhere. We have a think tank on things we want to do for the pod. And then we tape like five or six of them and we roll them out. That's how our pod will slowly turn into Joe Rogan's pod with conspiracy theories and weird shit. And it's like, what the hell happened with Shell and Saruti? They're like, are Shell and Saruti doing mushrooms? Like, yeah. On the pod? yeah. Well, we've talked about doing the high and drunk pod before. We're not sure how to do it. I honestly think if it was to happen, it would have to be a situation like that. I would love it. I think it would be so funny. I would be concerned about the final product. Would we do it live? Because I think we'd want to incorporate Shelly's into it, but then we need a 10 second tape delay just in case anything stupid or dumb was said or happened. It'd be quite the production, but there's definitely something there. So if you are someone who knows anything about this, let us know. Maybe we can get this off the ground. We have to get in the same place first. Yeah. And I'm looking at your, your potential pool to be the place to do that, but. No, not happening now, unfortunately. No. Okay, before we wrap up, Steve, I know that you had something in soccer you wanted to talk about. Yeah, not to end this on a, a super serious note, but this is serious. But I, I just wanted to talk about it because it was probably the most unsettling and craziest thing I've ever seen while watching sports or television, really, in general. Did you see, uh, obviously, I talked about the Euro at the start of the show. Did you see what happened last week, because the end of last week, where the player from Denmark uh, went down and almost died on the pitch? Um, and this whole thing happened. And the, the game was in Denmark and whatnot. And so I was watching that game live. The guy's name is Christian Eriksen. He's actually the best player for Denmark. He plays for Inter Milan. He's played for Tottenham. He's one of the, I wouldn't say he's world-class player, but he's, he's one of the better players in the world, especially at his position. And Denmark is a team that I picked early in the, you know, in the tournament. I thought they were going to be a surprise team and kind of make it far. But so I'm watching the game on my couch. Just had it on the background. It wasn't a great game. It was Denmark, Finland. It was two kind of smaller countries, but I like to watch them all. I always have them on in the background. And I kind of look like, look up and I see that this guy's down on the field. Right. And he 
isn't moving and all of a sudden all of his players start signaling and even the referee is like signaling for people to come over right to help immediately and i don't want to say that's not uncommon in soccer it does happen let's be honest injuries are embellished in soccer i mean they're embellished in every sport right now the nba has become awful too but so i i guess i didn't really take it super seriously at first i didn't know if he banged heads with somebody else because obviously it's a contact sport and there's heading going on but i didn't really see what happened so i wasn't really paying a ton of attention to it at first just kind of thinking oh this sucks i hope he's okay because he's, he's a really good player and then slowly as another minute goes by all the players start circling around him to sort of block the cameras, but the camera people who, by the way, so the, the way that the Euro works uh, is, is UEFA, which is the governing body. It's like the NFL, like the brand, right? That UEFA is the one that oversees the tournament. They control the feed, right? So they give the feed to every country. So America gets the feed, Europe gets the feed, Asia, Africa, like whoever is the rights holder, they are the ones controlling what you see. Um, they have different people calling based on the language, calling the game, but they control what you see. And about a minute after that happened, they did a close-up on Christian Erickson's face and there was just nothing there. I assume he got knocked out, right? And was just, you know, maybe again, collided heads with somebody and just had a concussion or whatnot. So again, super serious thing, but not, you know, I wasn't really thinking anything of it. I figured he would be fine. And then all of a sudden the medics are out there and you can visibly see them giving him CPR on the field. Something that I've never, ever seen before in a sporting event, never seen before. Now I know like there've been athletes in lower level leagues that have, you know, had heart conditions and died on a field or somewhere. Hank Gathers years ago, the basketball player, um, Len Bias was a cocaine thing. It's happened, but never really on the field like that, especially at a major tournament like the Euro. So they're literally giving this guy CPR on the pitch. And all of a sudden I just sit up and I'm like, what is happening right now? So I immediately text my friends and I go, Hey, what the, f- they're giving this guy CPR. What is happening? Are you guys watching this? And they're like, yeah, what's going on? So then they keep doing camera shots and everything's going on. Again, it's, it's, it's kind of a full stadium because it's mostly back to capacity and the players to continue to sort of cover him. So you can't see what's going on. But at that point, all these players are, or most of them are visibly crying on the field. So, you know, something really, really insane and serious is happening. They pan over to his girlfriend who he has kids with or a kid with, and she's crying. And one of the players is consoling her. And they've gotten a lot of shit for that. They've gotten a lot of shit for the way they handled it. Because again, first, the close up on his face, the close up on his girlfriend, the way that they tried to invade his privacy at a moment in which his life was literally on the line. We didn't necessarily know it, but a lot of people were saying, hey, go to break. Don't show these images. Show the crowd. Don't show the shots of him. And they were happening. This was happening the entire time. So that's probably about five minutes in. And then at some point, while all this is happening, you can still kind of see Christian Erickson's lower half and you see his legs and all of a sudden you see them kind of jolt, right? They're jolting. And I'm like, holy shit, they have a defibrillator out, a defibrillator. I can't even pronounce it. And Michelle, when I tell you, when, when that happened, I was sick to my stomach. I was literally nauseous. I'm like, is, is he dead? Is this guy on the field dead? That's the only thing that can go to your mind is why else would they be using that? And again, yeah. players are crying. They're doing this whole thing. So this is about a 15 minute ordeal, right? And they finally get him on the stretcher and they wheel him off. And there's coverings, like they have flags and jerseys and, the, and the whole, all of his teammates are walking him off the pitch. So you really can't see anything that's going on. You have no idea what happened. You can be like, this guy might be dead. And so for about 15, 20 minutes on social media, people are just saying, what did we just witness? This is something that we've never seen in sports before. It was so sad. I'm literally sitting there. Maddie came home as they were wheeling him off the field. And she kind of, she saw like how pale I was and was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, this guy, this, this just happened. I explained it to her. So she sat down on the couch too. And Luckily, about 15 minutes later, a picture on Twitter surfaced of a photographer at the game. He caught somehow an angle of Christian behind the flags and behind the players of him awake, alert, hand on his head. But definitely his eyes were open and awake and people kind of finally got optimistic. And then later on, word came out that he ended up, he was actually okay and alive and was in stable condition. His life wasn't in jeopardy. But Michelle, when I tell you that We've grown up watching sports our entire lives. Crazy shit happens. I've seen the Kevin Ware injury, right? Where his leg snaps in the, in the championship game, which I couldn't even watch. It was it was that disgusting. But the Willis McGahee injury. I mean, there's plenty of injuries that you see and things that happen on the field that are really uncomfortable to watch and sad. I have never felt that way watching anything in my entire life. Anything. I was sick to my stomach. And I could only imagine what his teammates must have been feeling like when they were watching their friend, their guy, and not knowing whether or not he was going to make it out of this situation. And I don't really have a take on it or there's really nothing to say. I just feel like I wanted to talk about it because it was, it shook me so much to my core, Michelle, that I wasn't okay the rest of the day, even when I knew he was okay. And I'm thinking about, you know, they threw it back at the studio and these guys that are there because they want to talk about sports, right? They're analysts. Our guy Tloman was there. He was talking about different things, guys from all over the world, you know, they're there to break down games. And all of a sudden they have to talk about whether or not a player may have died on the field or not. And I thought the studio hosted obviously a great job, but it was just one of the most surreal things that I've ever experienced in my entire life as a fan. And uh, I'm glad he's all right, but it's something that I I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever get the image out of my head of his face when they zoomed in on him. And again, 
the broadcast coverage got, has gotten a lot of shit and, you know, rightfully so, because I don't think they handled it in a very classy way, but I just want to say I'm, I'm happy. He's okay. And I don't know if we'll ever play again. We don't even really know what, what exactly happened. He went into cardiac arrest. The doctor said we lost him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's okay. I don't know if we'll ever play again. It's an incredible reminder of how fragile, like we think things in life are so important. Oh, this, this tournament is so important. Like Denmark, oh my goodness, or whatever country you support. And then something like, like that happens and it completely throws your perspective off. So it's something that I, I'm never going to forget. And I, I'll never forget the feeling that I had sitting on the couch watching that thing unfold. Well, thank goodness that he's okay. My God. And I don't wonder, and I'm not defending the crew at all, the camera crew, but maybe they didn't really understand what was happening in the moment and they were just trying to get the coverage. Yeah. Um, because I don't know necessarily if I was, a, you know, someone who's been a producer in that moment, if I would have really understood this person, I guess when they have the defibrillator there, that's when you're like, Hey, we can't sell this or whatever. Yeah. But- For like 15 minutes, the play-by-play guy and the, the color analyst had to vamp and, that's People so- are like, why don't you just throw it back at the studio or go to or do something, do anything, you know? And, and they didn't. And again, hindsight's always 2020. No one's ever going to be happy with anything, but it was, uh, it was absolutely surreal. I'll never forget the feeling of that. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you guys talked about it today. And I'm so, I know happy. not to end on a weird sour, like a sad note or whatnot. I just, I'm, I'm happy. Is all right. I just, I just had to feel like I had to talk about it because it was so absolutely insane. Well, as your home for soccer, small talk needs to talk about big things that are happening in soccer. And this was a big thing. This was, yeah, this was probably the biggest thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you indulging me for that. Cause there's really like oh, nothing to say. There's no takes about it, but for anyone that saw it, it was just, it was surreal. Well, I hope that we never see anything like that again. I know. My goodness. All right, Steve, let's get to a review, shall we? Let's do it. Before we close this out, it says bags, question mark, never gone to an ice cream truck, question mark, five mm. star. The barbecue draft was cool, period. Great selections by the both of you. But Michelle, it's called cornhole. Listen, it's called bags, all right, but whatever. I'm from Indiana, and it's cornhole there. I've played in other states as well, and it's cornhole everywhere. Also, Saruti is spot on. Never having gone to an ice cream truck yeah. is insane. Running to the truck with a bunch of kids and getting a cartoon-shaped ice cream is a core memory of my childhood. Michelle, you did, however, say the funniest thing I've ever heard you say on the pod, (laughs) though, when you said, quote, I so appreciate that Gen Z is feeling themselves, but I also kind of need them to shut up. (laughs) Crying, laughing emoji, same, A-plus content all around. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't agree with this person more. I've had multiple people hit me up and be like, she's never had ice cream from an ice cream truck what was her childhood like and i'm like no she grew up in a great household shouts out to mr and mrs smallman what's up it just didn't just didn't work out that way i guess we'll forgive you for that but we need to figure that out at some point you need to experience what it's like to get a cone or one of those weird face ice cream pops from an actual ice cream truck maybe my neighborhood wasn't on the route you know i don't know uh i don't know we've gone over this before but i i think this is on you to be honest with you i don't think you were uh you're proactive enough to seek out the ice cream i will be though i will be i don't know where I'm going to New Jersey maybe in the fall, and I don't know if there'll still be ice cream trucks around the boardwalk, but I'll try. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're an adopted person, adopted daughter of New Jersey. Come on. That's ice cream pop central. When I went to Jersey, it was saltwater taffy all the way. Oh, I don't like saltwater taffy. Do you? Oh, Mm -hmm. I live for saltwater taffy. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't concerned about the ice cream truck because I was trying to get the saltwater taffy. Yeah, I get that, but I've just never been never been a taffy guy. But all right, that's okay. That's okay. Next time you're in Jersey, though, get the uh, clown face pop with the with his nose as a, a piece of bubble gum. It's a good one. Oh, okay, noted. I will go for it. And you know what? I'll Facetime you. In. I'll Facetime you and Maddie in so we can all experience it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. Throw it on Instagram too. What's up? Oh yeah. Well, maybe we'll do an Instagram live. There everyone you go. Experience it with me. My missed childhood experience. Okay. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. Steve and I may be back in action next week. We don't know because Steve's going out of town. So we don't know if he's going to be available and we'll try it again this summer. Bear with us. We're just trying to piece this thing together. We're busy. I don't know. We want us to do. It's okay. We'll be around sometimes. As Ricky Thompson says, Steve, I am booked and busy. Okay. Yeah, I got shit to do. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) After a year of having absolutely nothing to do, we're thriving this summer. We're trying to, yeah, we're trying to fit everything into a couple of months here. I know. So thank you for listening. We are sorry for the inconsistent rollout of these things, but bear with us. We'll get it to you when we can. We'll be back in action soon, but until then, teach your kids about escrow. And you can skip shorthand. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.